What does my dislocated shoulder and spending the night in the ER have to do with you moving forward? Well, stay tuned because that's where we're going in this episode of King's Code Radio. What is happening, guys? I hope you are doing well. I uh, had quite the experience in quite the week uh, last Wednesday. Uh, it was an extremely busy day. And if you guys know what it's like, you know, man, nonstop meetings, nonstop this, that, and the other, you know, there's always stuff, right? Well, then I left the office and uh, I had a bunch of different errands to run gearing up for the weekend because it was going to be an extremely busy weekend just on Saturday. Uh, there were three different events. Uh, we had a birthday at our house for a friend. Uh, I had to perform a wedding. And then there was also a birthday slash barbecue that I was put in charge of putting together uh, with about, I don't know, I think it was like 30 guys. And uh, so it was just a busy day, right? So Wednesday, I am super tired and uh, just exhausted. And there was some, there was just some things that took place too that was kind of emotional, emotionally draining, you know, and it was just a rough day. And so I was very ready for bed. And so I remember getting completely ready and I am like, I am like two minutes away from bed, right? And I remembered uh, I had to go downstairs. Now I have the house locked up, lights turned off, kids in bed. It's awesome, right? But I remember, man, I got this thing downstairs and I got to go get it real quick. So I, uh, I am, was overly confident, I guess. And I wish I could say what I did was heroic, but it was not. And, uh, I was moving too fast in the dark and I guess a little distracted and tired. And my foot kind of skid across the top step and basically missed the first step. Like I barely grazed it with the side of my foot somehow. And I ended up going down the, the, the stairs and I hit hard <laughs> and I still don't even know really how I did it. Uh, going down foot first, kind of like uh, sliding down a hill in the snow, but way less comfortable. And uh, so I'm hitting, bum, 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 I'm going down these stairs and I'm going down on my right side. And as of right now, I got, I'm still kind of scraped up on my right side and my back and, and hip and bruised, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. But then what happened was while going down the stairs, my left arm moves <laughs> and my elbow ends up hitting the step, which brings me to a complete stop. Like I was going down hard. I was sliding down hard and my elbow hit hard on this step that literally stopped, just, just stopped me, stopped all momentum going downstairs. And when it hit, because it took the blunt force of my momentum going down these steps, uh, it ended up popping my shoulder out of its socket. Now I know what this feeling is like because it's not the first time I popped my shoulder out of my socket. In fact, I have actually popped both shoulders out, not at the same time, but throughout different scenarios, especially back in my martial art days and, um, things like that, more, more rough scenarios. And so I know what it's like for them to pop out. I know that feeling. It's not fun. It hurts. It's sore for days, all that kind of stuff. Right? Well, the, the problem with this one was in past, they always popped right back in, always popped right back in, but this time it didn't. And I remember immediately grabbing my arm <laughs> And running back upstairs and uh, laying on the bed immediately. So I'm laying on the bed with kind of my arm completely stretched out as if I was going to point to something on my side, right? Or to, to, to my side. And uh, kind of my arm is more bent though. So it's more L-shaped, but I'm, I'm laying on the bed and I'm calling for my wife going, 
you've got to pull my arm now. Like this hurts. This is painful. And it's not going in. And this was a new experience now. It was pain. Pain uh, that is just not fun. And so she grabs my arm and pulls and nothing happens except more pain. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is not good. This is not good at all. Um, so she pulls a couple times and, and my shoulder is not going back into place. And so I'm like, okay, um, as my wife ends up calling a neighbor that's a nurse, I'm like in pain, but trying to Google, I'm sorry, trying to YouTube how to, how to pop back a dislocated shoulder. Right. And I'm like screaming at Siri, trying to get the right video to come up and all that kind of stuff. And I'm finding stupid videos. And you know, when you're in pain, all those stupid little video intros are really annoying. <laughs> Just a side note. But uh, anyway, my, my wife calls the neighbor neighbor says, Hey, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't do that. I don't specialize in that. I'm sorry. I can't help you. So then we end up calling a friend of ours that is a physical therapist that we know from church. And I am very grateful for her. She, she booked it over to our house. And this is now probably uh, a little after 11 o'clock at night. So it was very nice of her to, to drive probably 20 minutes to get to our house. Now, keep in mind though, that's 20, 25 minutes of me laying on the bed in pain <laughs> with, with my shoulder, not where it's supposed to be. And as I'm kind of like feeling my shoulder, I'm, I'm literally having to hold my arm up, right? Because it's kind of that L shape again. And, and I can't just let go because my arm's going to try to fall, but yet it can't, or if it does, it's going to hurt all the more. And so I'm in pain and uh, my oldest daughter comes in and is sitting with me. My youngest daughter comes in and prays for me and it was very sweet, but I'm, I am, I'm hurting. And uh, so finally physical therapist lady gets there and uh, she's, she's feeling my shoulder and later on says she's never seen a dislocated shoulder to that level, that degree. There was a huge gap. Uh, usually dislocated shoulders that she's dealt with was probably half the amount of, of distance or gap. So it was, it was bad. And I'm, I, I told her, I'm like, I hit hard. Like there was some momentum there. Anyway, she, she pulls a couple times and at different angles and pulls and twists a little bit. And, and it is hurting. <laughs> it, it It's hard. It, it, I mean, man, it just, it's hard to explain the, the, the pain. And, uh, cause I, I was also thinking, you know, I, those of you listening for a while, know that I broke my arm, same arm, um, about a year and a half ago. And I was even kind of comparing it to that pain. Cause we do that, you know, when, when pain happens, we kind of compare it to other times of pain to kind of measure, is this the worst, you know, have I had worse, all that kind of stuff. And I honestly think this is probably more painful and more uncomfortable than breaking my arm. But anyway, so she's pulling and, and nothing is budging and she's going, wow. And so she ends up calling somebody else that has more experience in shoulders and he doesn't answer, go figure. You know, it's 11, probably at this time, 11, 15 at night. Um, so she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it really hard this time. <laughs> like wonderful. So she has my wife stick her foot, uh, in my armpit to kind of stop me from moving on the bed. And, and I honestly don't remember. I think she might've put her foot up closer to my neck. I, I don't remember, but she yanks on my arm. I mean, yanks, right? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and my shoulder still does not move. And I'm like, this is not good. So she, it's being pulled out just to give you the visual. It's being pulled out straight to my left, like just as if I'm pointing to my, you know, my side, it's being pulled that direction. 
and, and nothing. <clears throat> and so she's like, okay, I could probably do this, you know, probably three times max. And I'm like, how about two times max? You got one more shot at this. And so she pulls one more time and, and I'm like, okay, you got to stop. Like it feel like my arm's going to rip off now. Like what on earth is happening? Why is this thing not going back in? And at this point in time, I'm realizing that now I need to go to the hospital, um, which I'm not looking forward to spending the night in the ER. You know, that's just not a place I want to go. But I'm like, you need to call the paramedics, right? So my wife calls the paramedics, my friend leaves. <laughs> And there I am once again, laying on the bed, waiting with this big old gap in my shoulder. My oldest daughter comes back in and is sitting with me and, and I'm, I'm just, it's miserable. Absolutely miserable. Well, to try to speed up the story here, uh, paramedics end up showing up. Now three of them show up because there's a trainee with them. So it's a guy, a girl, and another girl that's the trainee. And the lead paramedic is, is a female and she comes in saying, well, this isn't the eighties anymore. And we don't, we don't pop shoulders back in. We need to take you to the ER. Um, and I was like, dang, you know, I was really kind of hoping, well, the paramedics, you know, they could probably just do it right then and there. No. And I'm like, okay, well, we have a problem because I literally can't even sit up. Like I have to hold my arm in this position because I can't put it to my side, all that kind of stuff. So with a lot of engineering and pulling sheets and blankets to try to maneuver me, I finally get stand up, right? Well, now I stand up and now all of a sudden I feel nauseous, right? <laughs> so the two female nurses, now the male nurse is cracking jokes the whole time, like immediately right off the bat, cracking jokes that I do not think is funny at all, but I get why he was doing it. He was trying to make it light for the kids. So they weren't worrying, but he was enjoying this too much. And I'm like, dude, like, this is not funny. This is not a funny time. So as I'm standing up and he's still cracking jokes, the the training nurse is like, well, just put your arm around because I'm holding my arm, right? But I'm also getting lightheaded. She's like, well, just put your arm around me. Now I'm six foot five. She is not. So I'm like, she's more of a cane than a crutch. Like she's just, you know, tiny little thing. And I'm like, this isn't working. So we, we get to the stairs of where I originally fell. And I'm like, okay, one, one paramedics hold my arm. The other one I'm trying to hold on to. This is not working. And, and going down each step is just excruciating pain and my muscles in my shoulder are starting to spasm, which hurt even more. And if anyone's experienced that, you know, when they start to spasm, it is beyond painful. So I grab my arm. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I grab my arm and I start like going down the stairs pretty fast. Now I know I concerned everybody doing that because they thought I might pass out and do further damage, but I'm like, I just need to get downstairs so I can get on the little, uh, what is it? The gurney, whatever it is that, that they have to, and, and let's go. Right. Well, I get downstairs, I sit down on their, their, uh, gurney thing. And, uh, and I'm like, I, my arm, like I can't, I got to keep it at this level, this elevation. Well, at this point in time, the, the male, uh, paramedic has cracked so many jokes. My kids and wife is in an extremely good mood. They're all like, Hey, laughing, having a good old time. And there is literally a picture taken. Now I don't understand why someone's taking a picture right here, but my wife thinks, Hey, this is a memory to remember. So she takes a picture and <laughs> I'll have to find a way to show you guys. Um, <laughs> I am holding my arm trying to get situated on this stinking thing, the gurney thing. And my wife takes a picture and the, the paramedics, at least the guy at my feet, is posing for this picture. And you can tell on his face, he's having a good old time. You can tell on my face, this is not the time to be taking a picture. So they finally wheel me down, get me in the, 
the ambulance, and, uh, and and I will say the paramedics were all extremely nice, extremely helpful. The the lead one, I mean, she held my arm literally the whole way to the hospital, which was a, a good distance as well. So by this time, my arm has been out of its socket for at least probably an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half by, by this time, right? It's a long time to have your shoulder dislocated. It hurts. Things are getting stretched, hopefully not torn, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we finally make it to the hospital. I am very grateful. Total God thing. I get a room immediately and, uh, and I get, now they, they get me over into the other bed, the permanent bed and they, you know, the railing that's on the side of the bed, they lift up. And so I live, I kind of am laying my elbow tricep on that, but I'm like having to hold my arm up. Right. So then they like, well, we got to figure out a way to keep your arm in that position. So they get one of those, you know, those padded like handcuff things, you know, like the restraints. <laughs> so they get a restraint thing, put that around my wrist and then tie it to one of the wheeling pole things that they put like IV bags on and they tie it to that. So that's able to basically hold my hand up or my arm up. So paramedics leave, you know, and I'm, I'm dealing with all this. And I am just in really just a lot of pain, right? Everyone's extremely nice. I'm grateful for no one's freaking out. Uh, they come take x-rays, confirm that it's out. I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that. That's probably money that I'm going to be paying for that something I could have told you. But anyway, uh, finally, and this is where I get to the point of my story here. If you've been sharing this. The main doctor comes in and is like, okay, well, we, it's definitely dislocated. It looks good, though. We're going to be able to put it back in. Uh, you got two options. I'm like, okay, what are the two options? And he says, well, we can pop it in right here now. Or we have this thing uh, known as, and I think he either said awake sedation or conscious sedation. I'm pretty sure it was one of those two terms. I'll have to ask a doctor next time I talk to him and find out which one it actually was. And I said, well, man, I don't, I don't want... You know, I'm not a big drug guy. I don't want, I don't even like taking like a leave and, and Advil. I just don't like it. But I'm like, well, <laughs> what what does that look like? Like, how long am I out for? And he's like, well, only a couple minutes. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of tempting, you know. And he starts to explain to me that he's going to have to sit me up and put my arm down to my side, which I have not been able to do yet. Uh, in order to get my shoulder back in. And I immediately go, okay, sedate me. Let's, let's do this thing. Right. So they switch out my IV with this other stuff and put a different hose, you know, breathing thing in my nose and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's one of those scenarios where like, okay, you know, deep breath, count backwards or count, count to three each time you take a breath, all that. And I think I probably did it two or three times and I was out. Right. But the thing is with conscious sedation is that's just the thing. You are conscious, you are awake, you're alive, you're not sleeping. Uh, so you are awake for the whole thing. And I'm sure many of you listening have, have experienced this where, um, you are fully awake, but yet you don't remember what took place. And I guess, I guess you don't feel the pain to the degree that you would. Now I, in this moment in time was very grateful for that option of being sedated for those few minutes. And I really was out for only a couple of minutes. I vaguely, vaguely remember being sat up and, uh, and I'm pretty sure they put my arm to my side and then with my arm bent. So it's kind of like a, an L they just kind of pulled it to the side, like a lever and it popped back in. But by the time I came to, you know, they're putting my, my, uh, sling on and all that kind of stuff. And I can't tell you the relief, the relief I felt, although it hurt the relief of just having it back in place was massive. I'm like, Oh, praise God. I'm ready for bed now. <laughs> I am so tired. Uh, cause I was already tired. Remember? And now this has been an exhausting experience, but, um, I say all this because of this whole, whole thing of this conscious sedation. 
And I started thinking, you know, again, I'm not one that likes that. I like to be in control of me, my mind, my, my body, all that kind of stuff. But yet, uh, as men, I think often we, we choose the conscious sedation route when life gets hard. Because see, I chose that route for my shoulder to avoid the probably what would have been excruciating pain of the shoulder being popped back in. Now, praise God for that being an option, right? Um, you know, and I got a pretty high pain tolerance. The, the, the paramedics were even saying, man, you're handling this like really well. We've had grown men cry based on a stomach ache. Like you're handling this really well. Cause I, I was not crying. I was, you know, breathing pretty heavy, but I was not <laughs> crying or anything. So, um, you know, my pain tolerance is higher and, but in that moment, I'm like, let's just take a little bit of the easy route here. Put me out for a couple minutes, pop it back in and let's, you know, take care of business after that. And, and so I think in those kinds of those times, that's a good thing. That's good. Hey, well, you're having a root canal. I had one a few months ago or a month ago. It is good to have Novocaine. Like I am grateful for that being an option of being able to numb the pain because that pain would just be insane and extremely intense. But how often in life do we also choose the conscious sedation um, to avoid pain in other areas of our life? See, I think often and even subconsciously where we don't even tend to even really process the thought we are choosing to sedate ourselves to avoid pressure, to avoid stress, and to avoid pain in different areas of our life. So just like, hey, if I'm sore, if I'm hurting, pop some pain meds. Well, we do that on different levels when it comes to emotional pain. It could be emotional pain of our past, something that has happened to us, trauma, crisis that has happened, that has caused not good things to happen. And so we don't like thinking about that. We don't like processing that. And so it's easier to go numb the pain. It could be something where we are stressed out in business, finances, um, payrolls due, bills are due, whatever it might be. And, and yet revenue has not been where it needs to be that month. And it becomes stressful. Now, whatever it is that's triggering you, it could be also in, in your marriage. It could be a relationship. We deal with many men that whose wives have left or their marriage is in a very bad place and they are in a crisis mode. Uh, there, that is a crisis mode of pain and alertness and rawness that is not necessarily fun to feel. But yet here we are. And we're in, we find ourselves in these types of scenarios and we have a choice. We can, and it's, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's got their own thing. And so when we get triggered, when the thing happens, what brings up that memory, or we find ourselves in the heat of the mat and in, in the moment of, of dealing with that pain, many choose to choose the conscious sedation route, uh, not not with Novocaine and not with whatever gas or, or I don't know if it was gas or not, whatever it is that they put in me, probably through IV, um, not that way. I'm talking about the things that we choose as men to escape or to sedate ourselves from feeling the pain and pressure of life. That could be something as simple as video games. It could be something as simple as mindless scrolling on social media that is making us, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of giving us that boost of, um, of, uh, oxy. Uh, well, it's not necessarily oxycotton. Uh, um, what am I trying to say? Endorphins. And one other one, I'm trying, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Uh, what is the feel good brain chemical? I am completely drawing a blank all of a sudden. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. I hate that. But 
when when we when we experience that, it releases those chemicals in our brain, and which hey, we start to become addicted to feeling that right. And uh, but that's that's not only that's a one way, and that's probably more of the innocent way. It's not viewed as bad or sinful or anything like that. But then there's the more aggressive ways. It could be straight up choosing alcohol and getting drunk to avoid the pain. It could be something as drugs, uh, illegal drugs, or too much. Uh, uh, prescription drugs to try to numb the pain. People have gotten addicted on those kinds of things through a legitimate injury, a legitimate situation, but then they become addicted to it. Uh, it could be something as porn. It could be something as actual an affair and, and, and some kind of sexual addiction. All those things that men choose to run to, to sedate themselves and to feel good or not feel anything for even a few small minutes, uh, men, te- well, and I say men, men and women in, in general, but men tend to do that. And what sucks about all of that is it really just brings further shame and condemnation. It's never a fix. It's a temporary bandaid until the next time you feel that. And so this is where then it becomes a life, a lifestyle and a cycle in life where it just is a stronghold in our life that we can't break free from. And so I bring all of this up today because I think far too often we as men are choosing the conscious sedation route when it, instead of dealing with the issues at hand. Man, my wife doesn't understand me, so I'm going to go sedate. Man, this is stressful. I'm going to go sedate. Man, there's a lawsuit. I'm going to go sedate. Man, there's all these things, right? I don't like the way that I look. Instead of going to the gym, I'm going to go sedate. Uh, man, I just I, I, I feel condemned. And because I feel condemned and because I feel all these things, typically we choose then not to run to God because, hey, we're feeling condemned. Why would we run to God of feeling condemned? Although we should be. That is kind of the opposite of how many feel. So it becomes a vicious, vicious cycle in our life and causes not just days and not just weeks and months, but years and decades can go by in this crazy cycle. So if that is you and you find yourself running to something else to sedate, to numb the pain, to escape the pain and pressures of life, you got to understand that first and foremost, that that is not the solution, that that is not the thing that's going to get you the results that you need to get. If you want to get the results in life, if you want to have a good marriage, a successful business, a faith that's on fire, a weaponized body, all these things, if you want that, then first and foremost, you got to take ownership of that, which means facing that thing head on and saying, this thing is not going to own me anymore. I will embrace the pain. I will embrace the uncomfortableness. And I most importantly will embrace the truth truth, even if it means addressing the truth or even lies and belief systems that I have held on to for years and put my identity in. And see, that's the thing that I love about what we're doing inside of the King's Code and inside of our King's Armory coaching program is we are addressing those lies and embracing truth and and running to Jesus every step of the way because he is the one that makes a way. He is the one. He is the truth. He is the one that is able to break those chains and bring wholeness, to bring healing, to bring restoration, redemption, forgiveness, all those things that we need in order to then move to the next level of life. And so I, I, again, I, I, this is a reminder. Don't be one of the people, don't be one of the men that are just a victim 
that end up going through life completely sedated. Because I really believe there's going to be many men that look back on their lives, whether in this world or on the other side, and they will look back with great regret, knowing that they did not do the things that God had put them on this earth to do, that they were not the men that God had created them to be. And all for what? Because you chose sedation over truth. Because here is the, here is the reality of it. No, no matter how bad the situation you find yourself in, no matter how bad your past has been, God can turn things around. God can restore the marriage. God can restore the faith. God can restore your body. God can restore and rebuild your business and finances in a way that you will never be able to do on your own. And that is the truth. God is the God of the impossible. God is the God of the turnaround. God is the God of the two lates. And why on earth would we choose to sedate ourselves when that is not the only option available? You have another option, and that is doing it the right way. Now, if I understand that there's a lot of guys that uh, will say, hey, I've gone to church and I've gone, I've done these things and, and nothing changed. Nothing was different. Well, I, I do want to encourage you uh, to book a call with me. Uh, we are doing a, a special call to see if the King's Armory is a good fit for you, because if you'd like to take things to that next level, uh, you know, you, you're, you are working hard, but you don't like the fruit of your labor. You don't like the results your life is bringing and your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with God has suffered now because maybe all the time and effort you've been putting in your business, whatever, whatever situation you find yourself in, it is worth checking out because we have guys in all walks of life dealing with all different, very extreme hardships right now. And yet they are choosing God's way to choose to rise up as a king, a king under the king of kings and allow God to do a mighty, mighty thing in their life. So if that's you, I encourage you to check us out. Uh, you can find out more at thekingscode.com. But guys, I just want this to be a nice, friendly reminder. Do not sedate. Do not choose that when you don't have to. If It's just not worth it, man. It's just not worth it. Hey, if you got your shoulder popped out, take it. It's only a couple minutes. <laughs> but if you find yourself running from life and running from situations of life, it does not have to be that way. So check us out. I would love to talk to you. And until next time, guys, God bless.